0: Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com. Well, we are, we are going to wrap up a series that we've been doing called Finding Favor. And I just want to put a plug in. Don't, uh, because things shifted next weekend, I'm going to go ahead and share. Our guests won't be with us, but I want to share with you have you ever felt like you're up against something? That felt so much more than a normal battle. I want to talk next weekend about how to deal with a spiritual attack. I want to tell you why a couple of weeks ago I walked off this stage and my wife said, what's, what's wrong with you? I said, I'm quitting. And sometimes you get hit with an attack from the enemy. It lasted all week. Anybody ever been there? Well, I'm going to tell you how to deal with that next week. I'm not going to do that this morning. I'm going to do that next week. We're going to wrap up our, our series this morning on the favor of God. How, how many have gotten excited to hear about the favor of God? That's something we need to keep hearing about over and over and over again. And I just want to tell you this morning and emphasize this morning that I really, really believe you need to open your hearts and hear this. And I dressed down a little bit this morning because I came across this T-shirt a few weeks ago. And I said, I got to have that. And, and I don't want to say God told me to wear it this morning, but I felt like you needed to get this, this message this morning. Is, I don't know if you can see that on the screen. Is, all I know is when. And I just want to say this to you. I, I feel like some of you have lost some battles, felt like you're losing some battles, felt like you're always in a battle, felt like you'd, Sometimes you, you, you just feel pressure and overwhelmed, and maybe you have some religious strongholds in your thinking, or some tradition in, in your feelings, or just felt oppressed from some other thing. I just want you to know, you need to rearrange your thinking, and we're going to do it right here, right here this morning, right here, right now this morning, that I'm not just trying to fire you up, but I do believe you need an absolute spiritual lobotomy in your thinking this morning, because some of you have wondered if you'll win, and I want you to know, according to scripture, you always win. But I want you to shift, I want you to shift what you feel, shift what you think, over over to this, that all you you know is win. So when you come up against something, or there's an opportunity, or even an obstacle, you remember this t-shirt. All you know is what? When? Here we go. I'm wrapping up our series, Finding Favor. If you'll help me this morning, I'm going to preach you up a little bit. Not so much teach you, but preach you up a little bit. Here is our text that we have been in during this whole series. Verse 1 of Proverbs chapter 3 says this, My child, so he's talking to us, never forget. How many know we get a little forgetful? Don't ever forget what I taught you. Store those commands in your heart. And if you do this, you will first of all live many years and your life will be satisfying. How many know if you live a lot of years and it's not very satisfying, that's, that's not a good combination. But when you live a lot of years and it's very satisfying, and how many know to have a satisfying life, you need some wins? Look at verse 3. Don't let loyalty and kindness ever, ever leave you. Tie them around your neck. As a reminder, write them deep within your heart. And then look what happens in verse 5. You're going to find favor. Everyone say favor. You're going to find favor both with God and with people, and you will begin to earn a good reputation. So real quick. Review, then we'll jump into where we're going this morning. Week one, we did a message called Favor Changes Everything. We said, When you seek God, you will find God. And when you find God, you're going to discover favor. And when you discover favor, it ignites faith in you. When you begin to hear the truth that God is a good God, I'm not preaching you never have a challenge. I'm just preaching you will always be a champion over those challenges if you understand God's a good God. Week two, we started talking about how do we change our mindset to where we become more favor-minded. And we just talked about being confident in the favor of God, begin to declare and confess the favor of God, being grateful for the favor of God. Then we did a message t- talking about how when we honor God, that's absolutely what attracts the favor of God to our life like a magnet. So when we are saying things like the favor of God, you're... you're your spiritual background, maybe you didn't hear that said a lot, or you, didn't, you don't know what maybe that means, and it's throughout the Bible, you can, inter- you can interchange the favor of God with the grace of God. You can interchange the favor of God with the goodness of God. Really what the favor of God, it, it's, it's, it's a superior taking a liking to an inferior and doing for them what they cannot do for themselves. It, it, it's God manifesting his goodness on our behalf when we don't deserve it and we can't repay him for it. It's just God being God and being good and being generous in our lives. It it actually means to be gracious toward us. And so the, the favor of God is just an attribute of God that we can put our faith behind. We can believe that God will... Do some things that faith, favor also means, like he will endorse us, he will support us, he will provide advantage and privilege, and he will regard us high. All those things come with salvation. Every good thing from God comes from grace, but it's embraced by what? Our faith. That's why we, keep, we have to keep hearing over and over and over and over again about the goodness of God, because things in life and wrong doctrine will convince you otherwise. Let's take a survey. How many of you, when you begin to hear us teach a little bit about the favor of God, maybe you didn't hear that before, but it just changed everything. It it literally changes everything. It makes you excited about the things of God. It stirs your faith up. Amen. Amen. So here's my last title in this series. And like I said, we'll move on to a a standalone next weekend. And I want to talk about experiencing the favor of God. We get excited. We shout about it. But what does it really mean to experience the favor of God? Here we go. Genesis, this is chapter 12. This is verse 2. It says, and I will make of you a great nation. And I will do what? I will bless you with what? An increase of? Favor, I will make your name famous and distinguished, and you will be a what? A blessing or a a dispenser of that blessing. Let me say this boldly and right up front: you can't, you can't ever, you cannot separate the blessing from the favor of God. To be blessed, it takes the favor of God. Everybody say, "I'm "I'm blessed." Now, this scripture was originally given to Abraham, and at this time, Abraham wasn't Father Abraham. Abraham at this time was a pagan, Uh, he was nomadic, he did not have any roots, he did not have any offspring, he did not have any property, he did not have any purpose, but God speaks to him in Haran, the parched place, we could call that the average zone, or we could call that a place of lack, or a place of barely getting by, and God shows up and he speaks over Abraham, he says, I'm going to take you who has nothing, and I'm going to bless you with the favor of God. And then he lists some things. He said, I'm going to bless you. That word bless is the word barak, and it means a declaration over you that empowers you to prosper, that empowers you for a prosperity, uh, that, pro- that um, blesses you with fruitfulness. So it's God saying, I'm going to endue you with blessing. Now... Abraham didn't do anything to deserve that. That's why I painted the picture of who he was at that time. But when, how many know when God's blessing gets on you, it changes who you are? It'll change your namesake. It'll change your purpose. It'll change your direction. It'll change your countenance. And he says, the first thing is, I'm going to bless you, and I'll make you a great nation. What's God speaking of? There's going to be increase on you. Abraham did not have any offspring, and God said, I'm going to bless the world through what? Your descendants. Your descendants. How we know that was something Abraham had to embrace by what? Faith. So what I'm saying to you this morning when I showed you this t-shirt and you went, "Woo! You have to embrace that mentality by what? Faith. Not by circumstance, not by past record. You have to embrace it by what God said about you, what God said about for you. And so God said, "I will I will make you." How we know it's God who makes us? He says, I'm going to bless you. There will be an increase of favor. Once again, that word blessing is a Hebrew word. It's the word barak, and it means that he, he declares us empowered to prosper, empowered to succeed, to be without want, to be without need, and to be without worry. So if there are areas of your life where there's want, need, and worry, I mean, we, we need to get some revelation of God's blessing in those areas of our life. Because God has provided and he's declared that over you. It means that I will liberally prosper you materially, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And when that happens, the Bible says you'll begin to have a good reputation. In other words, people will be able to look at you and point and say, they're blessed. Their business is blessed. Their marriage is blessed. In other words, it will give you a good witness, a good testimony that this is the blessing of God who did this. This victory, this prosperity in my life, this, this wholeness in my life, that's God who is blessing my life. And then it says, you, it will bless you so much that you will spend your life being a blessing to others. That, that is what God intended for you and I. And we know that Jesus took that even a step further and the Bible says, he redeemed us from the curse. What is the curse? Well, the curse is poverty, it's sickness, it's lack, it's, it's separation from God. But the Bible said this, that Jesus broke that curse that the promise of Abraham could come on you, or it actually says could come on his seed. Who is the seed of Abraham? It's Jesus. The seed of Abraham is Jesus. And if, if you are in Christ, then you are the target of God's goodness, You are the seed, he is the seed of Abraham. In other other words, let me say it this way. Because Jesus is the seed of Abraham and you are in Christ, God will treat you like he treats Jesus. So if the promise was intended for the seed of Abraham being Jesus, then the promise of God that God declared to Abraham, guess what? It's for you. It is what God has declared over you, that you are a blessed person. And you're not blessed or unblessed by how you feel, but by what God says. That's why, you need, that's why I wore the t-shirt for you. You don't have to feel like a winner, you is a winner. <laughs> and until you change your stinking thinking, your feelings will never change. You know, well, I'm in a struggle right now. Well, you, you can struggle your way out the blessing. Well, I, I'm up against it right now. God, will, God, God didn't promise you that you wouldn't be challenged, but he said, I will get in the challenge with you and we will champion it. I will walk you through it. You're, so, you're too blessed to be stressed over it. Are you hearing me? All right, that's good. Let's read on. Psalm chapter five, verse twelve. I know you know this verse. For you, Lord, you will bless. Everyone, say "bless." There's that word again. You will bless the uncompromisingly righteous. That should be, and that's you. Or you will bless the righteous, or him who is upright, or you are in right standing with uh, with God. As with a shield, you will surround him with goodwill, which is pleasure, or what favor. So what will God do in your life? He will bless you with a shield of favor. In other words, favor goes before you, favor goes with you, favor follows you. You are just surrounded and saturated by the favor of God. It should affect your relationships, your thinking, your marriage, where you go, what you do. Don't let let CNN tell you if you are blessed or not. Don't let CNN tell you what's in your future. Constant negative news. Are you hearing me this morning? You're a blessed person. I wrote this down. I'm going to say this to you. I'm going to get up in your grill, and I'm going to say this. Um, You you, you can either live your life depending on you, or you can live your life relying on the favor of God. What works better? How many have spent some hours um, living your life depending on you? depending on how educated you were or how wise you thought you were or how, you know, stunningly handsome you are or how bright you think you are or, or how experienced you think you are or how opinionated you, how many have spent some time doing it your way? Man, that's frustrating, isn't it? There are just doors you can't open. There are just blessings you can't make. They're just opportunities you can't initiate. Only God can do. Has God ever done something in your life like that? It just had to be God. Maybe he brought you a spouse and you realize, I'm, I'm, I'm really not that good looking. I see, that. I see hands all over the place. None of the women raised their hand, but guys are like, yeah, that's me. Isn't God good? Well, How many have enjoyed through this series, I brought someone up here every week and just let them share a little? But I want to do that again today, but I'm not doing it today. Not because we ran out of interviews, but I just was thinking, I want the next interview to be you. I want the next testimony to be yours. So I'm going to reserve this spot this morning for your next testimony of favor. And in a moment, I'm going to tell you, when I study scripture, especially, I'm I'm just going to tell you a story, I'm not going to read through it, but when I read through this story, I think it's the greatest, really, story that we hear a lot about favor, and I see out of that story, there are five results of the favor of God in, in, in our lives, and I, I want to share them with you this morning, but I want you to get excited about them because that's what you can expect from God when we, when we shout about the favor of God. So I want to I share these with you in just a moment. So instead of three points, I've actually got five, right? So I usually have Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. We'll add Moses and Apostle Paul in there this morning, okay? <laughs> so we have, we, have, we have five things that the favor of God does. But before I get, get that to you, a lot of you have heard this, you know, read this story. You've heard this story. We preached on the favor of God. You've heard someone preach on the favor of God. Everyone references Joseph. All the way back in in the, in the book of Genesis, there's a story of a young guy. His name is Joseph, and he has this dream. And in his dream, he literally sees his family bowing down to him in worship. So Joseph does what you shouldn't do, and that's run out and tell everyone your dream that quick. So he goes to his brothers and tells his brothers, I had this dream. You were bowing down to him. They, they, I like to tell you they embraced the dream. They gathered in prayer. They had communion right there. That's not what happened. His brothers weren't real excited about bowing down to him. So here's what brothers do. Um, they threw him in a pit and sold him for $100. You think your family's dysfunctional. They, they threw him in a pit. They sold him for $100. And they told their father, wild beast killed him. And obviously that's... You may have a family member you want to throw in a pit and sell for $100, but that's, that's pretty extreme. And so the story begins to unfold. He's sold into slavery, and he eventually finds himself being sold to Potiphar. And so here he goes from a dream. Have you ever felt like you got excited about something from God, a prophecy, a word, this is my year for this, or I found this in the Word, and you got excited, and you started declaring it, and all of a sudden, the next thing you found was well, you found yourself in a pit anyone ever been there? So Joseph went, went from a dream to this pit, but now he's in, he's in Potiphar's palace and the favor of God is on him so much that he raises to the top level and Potiphar puts him over his entire household. So I want you to know this. Even if you are believing God for something, or got your faith out there for something, and it feels like the next step, uh, instead of going for something that's more exciting, you end up in a pit, the favor of God is still on you. If you're in a challenge right now, the favor of God is still on you. If you're against an obstacle right now, the favor of God is still on you. So now Potiphar raises up to this position where he's, or I'm sorry, Joseph raises up to this position where he is over Potiphar's entire household. But Potiphar had a wife. And the Bible says, uh, uh, I just think this is, is worded so, so interesting, that she had longing eyes for Joseph. So she was checking Joe out. <laughs> and she had longing eyes for Joseph. And she tried to seduce him, make a move on him. And Joseph, out of honor, refused that. So Joseph did what you have to do. He starts to flee, but she grabs part of his clothing and it rips. So now she screams rape and accuses him of rape. So he's obviously taken from his position and he's in prison for something that he did not do. Have you ever felt like I'm doing what I feel God wants me to do and I get accused of something? or others see this or others blame this or people are just saying stuff about me and then you feel like you went from the pit you got back on your feet to the palace now you feel like you're in a prison but the bible said while Joseph was in the prison guess what was still on his life the same favor of God if you feel imprisoned by someone or something guess what's still on your life the favor of God Why? because the favor of God doesn't depend on how awesome you are it depends on how good God is Well, because the favor of God was still on Joseph, while he is still in that prison, he he begins to interpret dreams, and he is raised up. I'm not sure how that whole prison system worked, but he was in charge of the prison as a prisoner. And fast forward the story just a little bit, Potiphar begins to have these horrific, terrifying dreams, and no one can interpret his dreams, and then all of a sudden they remembered Joseph, because see, Joseph was interpreting dreams, and they said, when we get out, we'll remember you. Well, they forgot him. Have you ever felt forgotten? But just because you might feel forgotten doesn't mean that you are unfavored by God. God doesn't forget. So they remember Joseph interpreted these dreams. They brought Joseph back before Potiphar. He interprets all these dreams, and basically what he interpreted was there was going to be a horrible famine that came on the land. So he, he began to interpret to Potiphar that you need to start storing up grain. So when the time came for this drastic famine, people would come and they would buy grain. So now Potiphar is becoming more and more wealthy, and people are being fed. It was so bad that people were coming from other nations, and they were coming from other lands to Potiphar, and he was able to sell off grain and help people and profit off of it, all because God spoke a dream to him that Joseph interpreted so now because of Joseph's interpretation of these dreams, now he's elevated to not just being over a household or a prison, he has put over all the affairs of Potiphar everywhere. And as all of a sudden the story goes forward, all of a sudden that drought had affected Joseph's father and Joseph's brothers, now they, they, the father thinks he's died, they, they, they told the father that he died, he was killed by a wild beast, so they show up and they don't recognize him because it's years later, but here they come before Joseph and they are bowing down before him and Joseph is able to give them food, he's able to reveal himself to, to them and there's family restoration, why? Because every one of those steps, whether it was a good moment, a mountaintop, a valley experience, a challenge relationally, a challenge financially, a challenge physically, all of those challenges, there was still the goodness of God and the favor of God on his life. And it's that same favor and that same goodness of God that was on Joseph's life that, guess what, actually rests on little old you. That's why I wanted you to get the glimpse of this shirt. All you know is when. When you feel like you're in the prison, you're going to win. When you feel like you've been accused, you're gonna win. When you feel like, you, you know, that you had a dream and it's not fulfilling, guess what? You're going to win. Look at somebody and say, you're a winner. Now, you, you're not a winner just because you're you. You're a winner just because of him. You, you're not a winner because you did everything right. You're a winner because of everything he did right. Yeah, <laughs> you, you're not a winner because of your diploma on the wall. You're actually a winner because of the covenant that he has with you. So according to this story and many other stories like it in the Bible, we can anticipate these five results for the favor of God. You're ready for them. Here we go. Number one, favor provides promotion. And we, we see that Joseph was promoted time and time and time again. So... You can expect in your life promotion. It comes from God. Increase, promotion, same word. God will provide promotion and increase. in your. You don't have to go after it to create it. You don't have to work the room. You have to anticipate that God will favor you. And it always comes with promotion. And when God promotes, you don't have to apologize for anything because God will promote. Now, I want to say it this way. Listen, whenever God commands his blessing... Now, I mean this, not maybe or if, but when God will command his blessing. Well, you know, if things work out, well, you know, maybe if, you know, the stars align. No, God said it. God commanded it. And if God commanded it and if God declared it, you can anticipate promotion and you can anticipate increase. Listen to this. You can go where you couldn't go on your own. Doors will open that you couldn't open by yourself. You will experience promotion, increase in your life and your family, even even if you're not qualified for it. Isn't this good? You'll get breaks. You'll get opportunities. There'll be contracts for your business. There will be business opportunities. The economy can crash, but if the favor of God's on your business, you don't have to crash. I'm just saying. Because it's the favor of God. You need to hear that. If the economy tanks, you don't have to go down with it. Thank you for your enthusiasm. (laughs) I mean, the favor of God will cause people to go out of their way for you. It's the favor of God. And God favors people differently. We've learned this. Why? Because he favors according to your faith. He's not against someone bettering you against someone. But God will favor you according to your what? Your faith. You know, I, I remember a few years ago, uh, someone from our church coming to us with this great testimony and basically what, what happened was there was, there was some inheritance on some property with mineral rights that an estranged family situation, they didn't even know they had. All of a sudden they started getting checks in the mail for oil rights on that property that they, that they didn't even know they were connected with and they'd been greatly blessed. You say, well, well, that's just, you know, family. No, estranged family. God can do things. You just, you, you got to be all right with not knowing how God does it. You want God to do it as long as God does it how you think it should be done or how you want it to be done. God's not obligated to that. Did y'all hear that? Elbow somebody said, he's talking to you. But I just want to warn you with this, what you and I need to go after is God, not just his goodness. Because when you find God, you find favor. When you find God, you find goodness. You just go after God. You just go after God and you just pursue God. You pursue God's word. You pursue God's way of living. You pursue the kingdom of God. And God has this amazing way of, guess what? Just favoring you. But one thing you can expect, and I want you to leave here this morning, because all you know is when, all you know is increase, all you know is promotion. If you have a decrease or a setback, then you need to set back and say, I know increase is coming. Instead of, well, I'm, yeah, the pastor preached it in this series, and already, look, it doesn't work for me. I'm from West Virginia. I'm from, you know, whatever. Come on. You know why it's not working? Because you keep believing that Nonsense. All right, got to keep moving. You ready for number two? Yeah. Favor gives advantage. It provides pr- promotion and it gives advantage. I'm not making this up. The Bible literally says he gives advantage and, and it literally means this. It literally means this, that he gives you preferred advantage. If you're in a fight right now, you have the advantage. If you're in a challenge right now, you still have the advantage. Why? Because you've got the favor of God. If you got a situation at work, you're at an advantage. Oh, check this out. You ready for this statement? I put this down. You can't handle the truth. Here we go. You, you don't need a hundred things to go right. You just need one touch from the favor of God. You, you don't need the stars to align. Come on, you don't need, you don't need a, a, a perfect prediction. You, you just need... You just need one touch from the favor of God. How I many it will change everything? Hey, listen, when it seems like everything's against you, all it takes is one person with some influence to open a door for you. All it takes is one touch from the favor of God, at one moment in time. You could have had 21 straight days of challenge. All it takes is God turning the knob on one thing. All it takes is God putting his finger on one thing. All it takes is God just touching one thing. All it got is just, it just takes God touching your, your spouse's mind for five minutes. Thank you, Jesus. So, well, this is good too. I got a lot of good stuff today. When God's ready to bless you, He doesn't take a populist vote. He doesn't ask for popular votes or popular opinion. It, it's not a populist vote, it's appointment. It's an appointment of the favor of God. You know, stories I've loved over the years of hearing people that get a hold of the fact that God's for him. He's not, and I'm not just talking about God's working for you, but how many know the Word does work? I've loved these stories when people have come up and they said, You know what? They came into our office and they said, We're not increasing anyone this year. We're not promoting. We're not doing any raises. Um, but, but we just feel like we're supposed to um, increase, your, increase your platform, um, increase your responsibility, um, give you this opportunity. And oh, this, this is going to come with some increase. And you know how many times over the year someone's come up to us and they said, They have put me in a position that I am naturally unqualified for. I've actually had people come up, they're a little wigged out because they're going to put me in this position, and I'm not not qualified for this. And I said, well, if God favored you to get it, he'll favor you with the knowledge to do it. How many have ever been in that? I say, hey, i people, yeah, I've I've talked to some of you, yeah, God just opened this door in this position. So what will God do? God will give an advantage. If the devil is messing with you right now, you might as well smile because you got the advantage. i, I got to keep moving. Aren't these good? Yeah. Number three, favor causes recognition. Favor causes recognition. When you're faithful, when you're generous, when you walk in honor, when you're obedient, God will reward you with opportunity. Right now, you know what God's doing? He's arranging things for you. I want to remind you of something that you often forget that the Bible is very clear about, that God is the author and the finisher of your faith. <clears throat> he is the author or the creator and the completer of his favor on your life. He's the author and the finisher. Amen. No matter what in between is messing with you, he's, he's, if you let him, he'll have the final say. If you'll let him, he'll open the final doors. If you'll let him, he'll rearrange the course. If you allow him... He'll turn your tears into laughter. If you let him, he'll turn your, your, your failure into a success. If you allow him to favor you wherever you are at. Isn't this good? You've got to figure it out. you just got to what? Believe. you just got to believe. And I, I believe this. I said this maybe a couple months ago that, and I was reminded of this when I was studying that, God wants to do something in your life, even publicly, that'll leave no doubt with people that God did it. You got the job that maybe they wanted, but somehow God put you in a position. You got the house, they didn't see how you could get. You got the car parked in the driveway that they don't think you should have. You say, "God, God favored that. Come on, are you hearing me? God will do something to cause you to stand out. God will do something to prove to people who He is and who you are. We just got to keep remembering the source of the favor. Now I, I remember this. I was just instead of all these individual stories, I was, I was remembering this. That a few years back I started teaching on favor, and we had a group of guys, uh, high school guys, in our in our church that were there every Sunday, and they started grabbing a hold of it. They started declaring favor over their football season. And they won like two or three state champions in a row. Every year they would bring me a t-shirt and say, thanks for preaching on favor. I'm telling you, if you get a revelation of God's goodness, it changes everything. It alters everything. And when it happens for you, bring me the t-shirt. Number four, you ready for this one? Favor grants victory. Man, we're talking about promotion. Promotion. Now, I'm not preaching you're never going to have a challenge or a problem or a setback. I am preaching God will increase, God will promote, God will give you advantage, God will recognize you, and God will, he will, he will cause um, not only recognition, he will create or he will grant victory for you. How many, uh, how many of, you know, over the last couple years, is sort of dying now, dying down now, but how many got sick of hearing these are unprecedented times? These are unprecedented times. When we study about victory, you know what it means? God will give you unprecedented victory. If it's unprecedented time, it calls for an unprecedented victory. If it's an unprecedented situation, it calls for an unprecedented victory. Even if it doesn't go exactly how you thought or think, guess what, he will still bring, how many have ever heard this scripture? God will turn what the enemy meant for evil He's always meant it for your good. You know where that came from? The story of Joseph. What the enemy, what his brothers, what those people meant against you, what the enemy meant against you, what those designs were against you, God will take them and he will turn them and he will rearrange them for your good, for his glory. But he grants unprecedented victory. It means you actually don't have to fight. You know what your fight is? You labor to stay in faith. That's your fight. That's what the, Leave the rest of it up to God. You labor to stay in faith. What's that mean? I'm going to keep hearing the word. I'm going to keep believing the word. I'm going to keep declaring the word. I'm going to keep recognizing the word. I'm going to keep prophesying the word. That's your fight. That's your fight. Let God fight, Let God fight the people. Let God fight the demons. Let God do that. You fight to stay in faith. And when it don't feel like it, don't give in to it. Declare it. When you feel oppressed, praise. When you feel in doubt, declare the goodness of God. The enemy senses when God's about to promote. And he senses when God's about to open a door. And he senses, he's been around for a long time. He's not a genius, but he's no dummy. But he's seen God work. He's watched God move. And he senses, he senses when God's about to heal and deliver and increase That's why he starts to overwhelm you. That's why he starts to fight against you. That's why he starts to frustrate you. That's why you start to worry. That's why you start to to consider other things. That's that's why at that moment, because the enemy knows. And it's at those moments he goes to work. He can't keep the blessing back, but he can keep you from seeing it. Now listen to this statement. I told you I got a lot of good ones today. If you can stay in peace in your battle, you'll stay in favor. If you can stay in peace in the battle, you will stay in favor. I mean, I I remember going through some church stuff a few years back, and this is what God told me. He said, if you let me fight this fight, he said, then I'll be in charge of the outcome. But if you want to fight it, you're in charge of the outcome. Sometimes I like to fight. I just let you know. You flash back to football days. and you're like, God said, let me fight it. And I'll actually be in charge of the outcome. And my fight was not to fight. But just fight to stay in faith. What's well, easy for you, you're a pastor. If you only knew. Sometimes I'm fighting for me, my family, and sometimes I'm fighting for you. So Donald, don't give me that. We're all in a spiritual fight. But it's one If we will stay in peace, we win. Thank you for the three amens. It makes me feel warm and fuzzy. If you can stay in peace, you can stay in favor. Have you ever noticed that's what the devil's after is your peace? All the time. Even if it's not something major, it's just a series of stuff You got up, not too bad of a morning, you get in your car, and every idiot on the highway is cutting you off, doesn't know how to drive. You ever been like that, you're running a little late, and the person who has nowhere to be (laughs) is in front of you. Is this your world too, because sometimes this is mine. (laughs) She's like, where do you have to be in such a hurry? I said, I don't know, but I don't like getting there slow. Now I'm being funny, but you get get what I'm saying. You get what I'm saying. Last one. You ready for this one? I want to camp here for a moment. Are y'all getting something good out of this? Now, I wanted you to hear the Joseph story because sometimes we hear these Old Testament stories or even New Testament stories, and it seems like it's so far removed from life Like they had a magical power and it didn't really affect them like it does us. But they were real people. When God tells you something, you're excited and you go tell family and they're like, kick him in a pit and sell him for $100. While he was in that pit, do you think he was like, thank God I'm in this pit? That's not what he was expecting. But while he was in the bottom of the pit, I'm sure he had to fight some feelings about his brothers who sold him for $100. He goes, and he's sold to, to, to be a servant. And all of a sudden, God promotes him. He's probably like, I'm going to show my brothers now if they can see me now. And then all of a sudden, he gets accused of stuff. Have you ever been there? You've been accused of something wrongly? And you're like, this is not what? Fair. I'm going to tell you something. This is not my notes. This is for free. If you're looking for fail or fair, it's going to mess with you. If you're looking for favor, it'll bless you. Amen. If you're looking for stuff to be fair, you're, you're, you're looking for a wrong Things aren't fair. This world has fallen. Things are not fair. But in a fallen world, we're the, we, 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 we have the seed of Abraham. We are in the seed of Abraham, and like God treats Jesus, God desires to treat you and I. Here's the last one. Favor creates restoration. Favor creates restoration. Now, I need you to shout with me through this last point a little bit, okay? So God actually specializes in restoration. It's a specialty. God can restore resources. God can restore relationship. God can restore health. God can restore your thinking. God can restore your body. God can restore your mind. God can restore your joy. God can restore your peace. It's what God does. It's what God does. But whenever you study restoration in the Bible, and you look up the word for restoration, and you you just watch that word throughout the Old and New Testament, I want you to hear this. Um, How many have ever, you've remodeled, or you've restored a home, or a car, or something like that, and your goal is to restore it to what? It's original condition. That's not the biblical word for restoration. The biblical word for restoration is God doesn't restore it to how it was, but he restores it to a better condition than it was before. He adds to it. He multiplies to it. He demands greater on it. So when I say restoration, God's not trying to get you back where you were in 1994 or 2010. God's trying to get you in a better place, in a better situation, in a better thing than it was before. I did this a couple years ago when I talked about restoration. I'm going to read a list. And if this this needs to happen in your life, I want you to say, amen, I'll take it, uh-huh, go. You just say something. These are all um, references to restoration. If you need this in your life, your body, your relationship somehow, then you grab it this morning. But here's how you can't it. It's okay to talk in church, right? Maybe you went to a church you weren't allowed to talk, you're allowed to talk in this church, okay? So so if it's something that you really you are really believing for or you need or you want, don't be like, I don't me a little bit of that, you yeah, know, thank you. I I don't need that. You need like, give me some of that. I got that. Come on. You need to say something like that. Here we go, okay? Ready. Um, so these are just words. And maybe you need this for your body, your mind, your money, whatever. So I'm going to read these words. You grab them when it means something to you need. You don't have to grab them for all of them, but whatever one's means for you. Here we go. Ready? Refresh. Mm. Um, re- I'm going to go this way because the other one's getting deeper. Renew. Yes. Recharge. Yes. Repair. You yes. need something repaired? How about this one? Recreate. Yes. God can recreate. Yes. Resuscitate. Maybe there's something and it's on life support in your life and it needs resuscitated. Yes. Reclaim. Yes. Redo. Yes. A makeover. Yes. An overhaul. Yes. A redesign. Redevelop, regenerate, rejuvenate, rehabilitate, reinvigorate, redeem, repair, revive, replace, return, recover, remodel, re-engineer. That's what that word means. God has a superpower that you and I don't have. It's the power to reverse things. God has the power to reverse and to redeem. And the Bible says he works all things together for the good of those who love him. Your Bible adds some words, but that's where the language stops right there. God works all things. All things. All your mess. All your stuff. He works all things together for those who are in love with him. He, he, He reworks those things. Oh, I wrote something else good down you want to hear it yes. how many have ever heard of a generational curse yes. what that means you can look at your family and you go there's a generational curse on them for some it, it could be uh, you know, alcohol abuse for some it could be poverty you just look and you just say there is a generational curse some people there's there's um mental behavior there's, there can just be curses on family I wrote this down um you thought you were under a generational curse But what God wants to do is replace a generational curse um, with a generational blessing. Because he he plucked you out of a family. He put you in a new family. Amen? Amen. 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 Um, I love this. God God says that he will restore. Scripture says either double, up to five times, or even up to seven. So what do I go for? I'm just, double's all right with me. Well, double can be all right with you, I'm for the seven, right? Come on. Come on. God's just so good, he will even show you favor you didn't deserve and you didn't earn. And maybe you're sitting here and you're saying, I'm I'm starting to land this plane here, maybe you're sitting here and you're saying, "I, I, I don't know what needs restored. Let me ask you some questions. What in your life has diminished? And it just needs to revi- it needs revitalized. It has diminished in my life. Well, I had that in like 2012, but I guess that, that ship is sailed. God, God has this amazing way of revitalizing things in our life. What's diminished in your life? How about this? What's been damaged and it needs repaired? God's a God of restoration. And you know what does that? Favor does it. You, you know how many times we've heard of a family story? I've heard people come and say, there is no way my family could ever be. And like five years later, they're like, it's a miracle. God favored it. He restored this relationship. What's been stolen in an it needs? Anyone ever had the devil steal something from you? Come on, your health, your sanity, something. Put a demand on that. Let the favor of God begin to return those things to your life. What's unfinished and needs completed? Or how about this? What's been ruined and it needs resurrected? Maybe there's a dream. Maybe there's a pursuit. You feel like it's been ruined, but it really needs resurrected. Resurrected. You know what God wants believers to, to, to know and feel? What I want you to know and feel, life point? All I know is when. <laughs> and that, by that, I'm not saying that you never know any challenge or you never know any setback or you, know any, you never know any rainy days, but all you know overall is when, and right now, if you're in the middle of something, you're down in the valley, or maybe you're on the mountaintop right now, wherever you might find yourself, let that be your mentality. All I know is when. In the end, all I know is when. That's prophetic. You, you, you know, I, I remember a few years ago, and I'm not gonna go into all this story, but you've heard it, but when God actually put on our heart to buy this property, When we signed the papers, it was almost 20 years, almost to the day, actually. I was sitting in a car in a food line parking lot, and God said, you're going to be the leader of this church. I just stuck it on the shelf. I thought, okay. The pastor comes. He's like, I'm leaving. Um, I'm not sure what you guys are going to do. He asked me. I shared with him what God said. And like two days later, he got rid of us. X amount of months later we're living in a different state and you have those moments you're trying to follow God you have those moments I remember sitting in my office one day like what just happened over the last eight months what happened God you spoke something I went from a dream to the pit to a different location and then then God moves us back and we're in this for a season some Crazy things happened. We kept the course. And then, then one day, I'm signing the paper to be in this building. Because they asked, them, do you want to look at this building? I'm like, nope. I don't want to look at that building. I don't want to be a part of that building. I don't want to see that building. The board said, let's at least go look, look at it. I walked in. I sat right in the back, and God said, buy this place. So I ran up and down these aisles going, thank you, Jesus. I didn't do that. I was like, I'm not buying this place. There is no way I want to be in this place. And when we signed it, all of a sudden, one I had a flashback, my oldest daughter's here, she's 24 and she was not even a year. That's how we knew at the time, the age thing, it was 20 years. If it takes 20 years and everyone came against you and everything fell apart, if God promised you something, he will favor it till it comes about. You just hold on to the faith, you fight the faith. I didn't understand everything that happened. I didn't do everything right. I didn't do everything wrong. Sometimes I'm like blah, 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 But what God will do, if he promised it, he'll bless it to completion. Not just our story, but your story too. Your story too. I want us to stand for the next few moments, and I want us to just, I want us to stick on the, on the shelf for a moment. Every discouragement, every disappointment that we have in life and in ourselves, everything that we question, everything that we're wondering, everything that we're just like, all, I want it to shelf all of it. I want you to think about the goodness of God. I want you to think about the blessing of God. I want you to think about how good God is. And as we sing this song, I want you to believe this, the same blessing that I believed before is the same blessing that's gonna bring me not just through it, uh, but to it, not just to it, but through it. It's not just going to start things and excite me. But it's going to author it all the way till he puts an exclamation at the at the end, and you put your amen to it. He said, "I knew he would do it. I knew he could do it. I knew he, I knew he could restore. I knew he could repair. I knew he could. I knew he could win a battle I couldn't win. I know. I knew I had an advantage."